Blog Talk Radio. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear you, let me hear you. Put your hands together like this. Come on. Here we go. When God made man, he made a spirit. It was his plan that we live blessed. The tempter came. We were distracted. The tempter came. And we fell. We were deemed to live a life. Let's sing this on you. 
and I want to say welcome everyone to another episode on the Five Smooth Stone Network. And what do y'all think of that song right there? <laughs> he said, Christ have redeemed you, so live on top of the world. Isn't that why he came, brothers and sisters? So we can do just that, live on top of the world. By that, they just mean live, not die, live. Brothers and sisters, sometimes I wonder, do we believe the scriptures? That was the whole purpose of Christ coming, that we may have life more abundantly. That means in every aspect of life, it doesn't matter where you're at. People say, well, we're in Babylon. Where are we in America? Where are we under the thumb of these people? Well, the scriptures was actually wrote with the Israelites in the same situation. But they commanded the dead to be raised and it was so they commanded lions to shut their mouth when they was through in the lion's den and it was so they was through in hot furnaces and the most high protected them they was in prison and the prison bars shook there was an earthquake and the apostles walked out before we had all this guilt between the writings of the Old Testament and New Testament man was out of touch with the father and then comes this Messiah to shed his blood once and for all for the sins of man that we may enter boldly and through the throne room of the Most High, and inquire in the time of need. So when the song say, you have been bought with a price, live on top of the world, it's not just about blinging and, you know, jet setting and, you know, super wealth. It's saying every tiny, remote, area of your life live on top of this world i love that song i love that song love that song as a matter of fact as i wait on uh, the co-host to come in i'm gonna play that song in the background as i do my intro i'll play it in the background folks again you've tuned to the five Soul network and i just want to thank you for your time some of you are so busy in your life and uh, I just want to thank you for hanging out with us. I mean, you don't have to do it. Some of y'all have been doing it since 2011. So listen to this little song real quick. Play half of it. I'm not going to play y'all. Just listen to what he's saying. Listen to the words he's saying. This is powerful. Listen, Eden is kingdom. And Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear you, let me hear you. Listen to this first verse. Come on. Here we go. When God made man, he made a spirit. It was his plan that we live like. The tempter came, we were distracted, 
Next Tuesday, I think, I don't know what's happening. We'll probably, we'll see. Just keep your ears uh, to the Fives and Stone Network, and we'll let you know what's happening, okay? Every so often, I like to talk about uh, what our purpose is. Uh, because I've talked about that song, I won't go as long as I was going to go, but I will say this, brothers and sisters. This network is very simple. Young men, older men, uh, whatever you want to call us, uh, united to help our people. Again, men united to help our people. The Eliana has been with us as well, but we have been united to help our people. It's just that simple. Do we have it together? Is our lives perfect? No. But we've learned some things for sure. And I've invited some brothers on the line, and Sister Eliana, when she was on, to talk about things you know for sure, for sure, that has transformed your life. What do you know for sure that has transformed your life? And this is what we try to do. We try to share truth to not just people our age, but the younger generation that's looking for these kinds of answers, uh, that wants to know why we're in America, that wants to know why we have it so hard, that wants to know where is the father at, that wants to know does he love me, that wants to know, that wants to know, that wants to know a bunch of different things. So right here on the Five Sons Stone Network, that's what we're trying to do. Share things we know for sure that have truth that has made us free. Does that mean we're free in every area of our life? No. There's bondage and lies and deception in everybody's life, I think. That's why Paul said, be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. But the things we know for sure, we present this open forum to you tonight where we share about things and hopefully put some answers out there of things we know for sure. I often say this also about this network. We are a network to talk about things that the Father really is saying in the earth. He really is saying some things in the earth, but you just can't hear these things in your colleges, in your mosques, in your churches. So what is the Father supposed to do if he can't speak through these institutions? He has to raise up a voice. And this is what I think social media, the good part of social media is. It's voices of those crying out, you know, what the Father is saying, because he'll use this, this tool. Social media, it's a bad name, but it really is just a tool of communication. It has enlightened millions. It has caused a global movement, uh, not just Israelites, but awakening of all types of people. A lot of white people are no longer racist due to social media because they went on a on a chat group about race and somebody went off in there with the truth and just blew it up. There is truth terrorists all throughout the social media that's alarming and waking up people, that's frying white supremacists, literally frying them like eggs in a pan with truth. And people are being delivered. That's why I say be careful saying the white man is the devil because the truth has been waking many of them up and a devil can never be saved. A devil can never be savage. A devil is it's a devil in and out. When you see people transformed by the word of God, you should leave it alone but the devil. So this is why on this Five Stone Network we say we're addressing everybody. This to the Jew first. Yes, this network, the Five Stone Network, is to the Jew. Uh, what does that mean? That just means to those that are uh, that were uh, uh, descendants of those people in the Bible. That's all that means. In America, it's the African Americans. In other parts of the world, it's other people. Okay, I won't go into that now. 
But let's don't get caught up with that. You know, this whole Hebrew is like we talk a lot about. It, it just means African American folks. Okay, every time you hear African, Hebrew, just think of African American. So we're here to talk about their pain first, their concerns first, things that's, that's they're questioning first. Why? Why would you do that, brother Seth? Because other people have their own networks. Other people have their own support networks. Our people, oftentimes, is have these questions and die with these questions. And they can't get them answered in a lot of our churches and a lot of our colleges. What are these people supposed to do? You tell me. That's why we have on Pastor Chris. That's why we have on uh, Brother John. That's why we have on Brother Purcell. That's why we have on uh, Brother Kenwin. That's why we have on Sister Eliana. That's why we have on Brother Seth to share things that have transformed them, that have made them free. I said make them free. That's all we're doing. So I just want to spend this little time to talk about that. Okay? We're going to go ahead and open the phone lines and turn over to the one and only, uh, Pastor Alcy Chris. All right? But I just had to say that. So let's give him a little intro music here. Again, folks, some of y'all know Pastor Chris, Elsie Chris. Uh, some of y'all are tuned into the network a little later, and you don't know Pastor Chris, but this is, I'm calling one of the business pastors in Fort Worth. I don't know if he worked as hard as he used to, but I know when you go to the Bible studies, Pastor Chris is doing all type of things, trying to help our people. If somebody is shot in Fort Worth or something go down with the police, look for Pastor Chris to be there. If something goes down with African Americans in the school system, uh, look for Pastor Chris and my father when he was alive, Amos Howard, the late Amos Howard, and others. Uh, Pastor Chris have been working tire- tirelessly. Uh, you know, this is the kind of pastor that they had back in the 60s. This is the kind of pastor they had back in the civil rights. This is the Martin Luther Kings of our day. Uh, you may not think so, but he does, did the kind of work. He just didn't get the notoriety. So I, I, I think I'm thankful for Pastor Chris, and I remember uh, 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 Reverend Franklin. How they had this—he uh, was instrumental in helping Reverend Franklin put this mock grave uh, at his church, where they had—it uh, was like a grave site, but it was a mock grave site, and it had all the people that had been killed by the police. Who does that? Please tell me that. What pastor is talking about both Africa? Uh, uh, contributions to the world and the fact that we Israelites. Please tell me that. What pastor is going to have a Bible study where he examined every single thing going on in the uh, black community? We talked about uh, uh, Tulsa. We saw videos. Some of y'all ain't saw the videos. We saw. I would oftentimes leave Pastor Chris's Bible study just feeling overwhelmed because we dealt with things that you just don't hear on the news. And uh, I, sometimes I felt hopeless. 
just being honest. But he was just trying to wake up us as a people and see we are in a war, folks. Wake up. That's what Pastor Chris Bible said he did. And not to mention that his facility was a really nice facility. Uh, he had this, his, his associate pastor was there. She would always provide us with drinks and little cookies and things. That was very nice and very uh, classy and comfortable. Uh, very, very important brother in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Pastor Elsie Chris. I really respect him. His father was uh, the same, you know, uh, being about the father's business, man, this 90s, he was a, would attend those Bible studies along with uh, 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 Reverend Franklin. He was in his 80s, and my dad was in his 80s. So we had these older men in those meetings uh, just full of vigor and strength. And so I really, really respect Pastor Alcee Chris. So let's go to the phone lines and bring him on. Uh, Pastor uh, Chris, your line is open. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Please excuse me for my little long intro there, but I had to get all of that in. Go right ahead. All right, sir. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm, this is the first time you've asked me to co-host. I mean, to be the lead host, I, sh- I should say. And uh, you were right about your father and Reverend Franklin because I learned quite a bit from them also. And, you know, Reverend Franklin had, you know, he had the the graveyard on his church grounds, you know, uh, uh, across for every person that had been, you know, I think it's electrocuted or, you know, or killed, yeah. but he had them. And I, I just want to thank him for doing that, you know, because a lot of people didn't like that. So he would, he would keep up with that and he put a cross out there. For every person that that had been killed by the police up until the time of his transition, and I just wow. want to thank you because your father too, because he taught me a whole lot. Both of them, you know, both of them taught me a whole lot. I just want to thank you for mentioning them. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, very... Actually, I know I know your 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 sister. Yes. I know her, you know, and we're good friends. So it's a pleasure to be on your show tonight, sir. <laughs> May God bless you and give you the strength to keep up the Five Smooth Stone Network. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Chris. I really appreciate those words, brother. Well, the show is in your hands. You have a co-host, uh, uh, the one and only um, Purcell Porche, Minister Purcell Porche, all the way in Cincinnati. He's on the line. I'm going to open up his line at this time. Brother John is saying he's to be here limited, so we'll just use him as a caller. Brother John will only come in, uh, he'll press one and come in as a caller. I'm not going to leave his line open he just because he can't. He's not a co-host. So when he wants to come in, he'll press one and we'll bring on Brother John. But tonight, so you have us, and you can just kind of go because it's so sparse per se. I don't know if Brother Kenwin is going to be joining us or not, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but, Brother, go ahead and share what's on your heart. Purcell, well, let's just go ahead. Can I open up Purcell's line? Pastor Chris? Yes, sir. Can I open up Purcell's line? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, let's open up uh, Purcell Porsche's line all the way up in Cincinnati. Purcell, your line is now open as a co-host. Go ahead and say hello to the people, please. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's your boy, Ambassador Purcell Lindell Porsche, all the way out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Thought Life Kingdom Ministries. We bring you greetings on tonight. 
Pastor Chris, we look forward to uh, what thus says the Lord through you tonight. I'm excited yes. about the Five School Stones Network. Uh, we just thank God for the visionary, uh, Brother Seth Turner. Um, yes, yes. Call in, call in, call in. Follow us, follow us, follow us, follow us. Absolutely. Um, again, Absolutely. Uh, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, we bring you greetings from Cincinnati, Ohio. It's your boy, Ambassador Purcell and Del Porsche. And uh, let's do it. All right, all right. Well, Purcell, I appreciate that, Ambassador. really appreciate that. Um, Pastor Chris, the show is in your hand when uh, uh, Brother Ken, when okay, comes sir. in the house, I'll go ahead and let you know when he comes in. But just know you have okay. two co-hosts so far, myself and, and Brother Purcell. Go ahead. All right, all right. You know, one thing that's been on my heart is all of the violence going on where really across the whole world. You know, they got Ukraine and least of all Africa and then we could just say all of the all of the violence that's been going on in the United States. You know, we have uh violence, you know, just killing people. We have uh racist violence. There's just a lot of violence in the world, but the Bible tells us that in the last days these things were gonna happen. Amen. So, you know, I'm just saying, you know, we need to, I think, kind of prey on, on violence, kind of tell people to stop killing one another, you know, because that's really against Judaism and Christianity, that's about taking someone's life. And we've been doing that a lot. Amen. Yes. And I yes. want to say to Brother Purcell, you know, Brother Purcell you know, I haven't called you yet. He sent me his number, and he found out that we are both from, you know, he has ties to New Orleans also. That's where I'm from. He has ties to New Orleans. Yes. Like I said on the show that time, you know, you know, with Porsche, you know, that's a French name, and I knew from Porsche in high school. It's not a common name, so that's why I asked him, and he uh, sent me his stuff. Brother, I'm going to call you on my fault, my bad, but I'm going to call you, Okay. All right, all right. No rush. I ain't was your no father way. from New Orleans or what? Was you from New Orleans? My father's from New Orleans, Night War. Yep. Um, yes, I got sir. Right now that's in uh, Marrero. Um, uh-huh. You all, please, please forgive the noise in the background. We are actually just getting home, so I'm cooking for my wife and myself. Uh, so it might be a little noise in the background, so forgive me for that. Um, but, um, yeah, my father's actually from New Orleans. Um, he just moved back to New Orleans. He was in um, Tampa, Florida for about 25 uh-huh. years. Then he moved mm-hmm. back. He's in Bush, Louisiana now. Um, and I yes, just sir. moved back to Cincinnati from, uh, from uh, Slidell. I was in Slidell. Oh, that's in, uh, great. That's great, man. 2017 to 2019. So That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. But I yeah. will definitely call you, my brother. I got you stuff, okay. so I will definitely do that. 
Okay, I look forward to it. I absolutely. Because you, you yeah, I know your mom. You used to see the red beans and rice, right? Oh, absolutely. And gumbo. I don't. I don't yes, eat sir. gumbo because it's spicy. But I don't now. Strangely enough, I don't eat anything spicy. But I'm a seafood head. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Oh yeah, and I can and I can cook, and my wife can cook. So uh, hey, Seth, it's kind of breaking up. I'm sorry, at least on my hey, end. Hey, Purcell, you're breaking up. Uh, say something else, hey, Purcell. I'm breaking up. You said I'm breaking up. Uh, yeah. Try try it again, just one more time, please, quickly. Am I breaking up? Yeah, call back, okay? Because you're breaking up. Okay, I'll call back. All right. Pastor Chris, I have a question for you about the whole violence thing, and I appreciate you y'all going back and forth with the New Orleans thing. Uh, yes, what sir. do you think the solution is? Because people know about the violence, and we want to share solutions if we can. Things we know for um, sure that have transformed our life, where we where violence is concerned, because people really are looking for answers. Now, for those well, that you know, in, the, go ahead. You know. The Bible says it was going to be this way in the last days. And I don't know, really, I can just, all, all we can do is try to get people to follow God's commands. Because he said, you know, we're not supposed to take anybody's life. And, you know, I, you know, I'm at an age where I know a lot of Vietnam veterans and I've talked to them. I went to college with them. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's just a sad commentary when people are killing each other the way they are. Real sad. You know, they had, you know, they had, um, I was talking to somebody from Atlanta, and they were telling me how people were getting jacked up at the gas station. And you live in the Metroplex, so you know what's going on here. But, uh, you know, the only way we can stop it is to try to get the people to follow God's law. And, you know, God is, you know, they don't want to really say anything about the most high. You know, people are, you know, just have their own idea of what is right and what is wrong instead of studying the word to find out or going to a church that teaches teaches that, you know? You know, a lot of people have weapons, but they, they don't know how to use them. You know, I tell people at my church, if you have the right attitude and 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 uh, sainthood, you could. I think you should have a weapon. But if not, leave them alone. Because some people just don't know. You know, it's not for your husband, not for your children. You know, it's for your own self protection. And I, I just, you know, I'm just saying. You, some people should have them, and some people shouldn't. Because some people just don't have the right idea about, you know, having weapons around. Yeah, yeah I'm here. I think you're right as far as owning weapons. I, I, I used to be opposed to it for many years, many, mm-hmm. many years. And um, this is the path to everybody. I don't know if you want me to share this. I don't think it's okay. You is it okay to share what happened to Walmart? Go ahead, bro. Okay. 
Go ahead. So one Bible study I missed over at his church. Y'all forgive me. I didn't realize he was going to come to a pause. So I was trying to take a drink of water there. But listen, folks, one day I missed a Bible study at Pastor Chris's church, and my father went. This is my biological father. So when y'all hear me say my biological father, I have to say that because Billy Rhymes, a preacher, raised me. And this is the man that was in my life every day. After we got like in middle school, my wife got married, when my mother got married later on. So my biological father, Amos, who I reconnected with after I got back from Ohio, where Purcell is at, said, you missed it. I said, miss what? He said, well, Pastor Chris, when we went into the Bible study, he had tabled full of weapons, full of guns. I say, what? I say, yeah. At the Bible study, I say, yeah. I said, what was that all about? He said, well, he was showing us how to acquire uh, firearms legally, how to use firearms, how to clean. I think he said clean. And I said, really? I said, oh, man, I would have loved to, because that's when the Father revealed to me that throughout history, everybody had weapons. There's no people that never not had weapons, including the Israelites. Yes, sir. This business of I don't want no weapons is kind of, it's very odd. It's not holy and, oh, I trust God. You can trust the Father, but you're not going to trust the Father no more than the Israelites did. They all had weapons. What's crazy is all the faith teachers, they have weapons. Kenneth Hayden, Kenneth Copeland, they, they may have them for hunting or something, but they have weapons. That don't mean you trust the weapon because you got a weapon in your house. You trust the most high. But those days when you don't, when you have those days, y'all know y'all have those days when you and the Father ain't talking. you walking in rebellion. Why are you going to play with your family's safety like that? It depends on whether or not you're in faith. You should have something that's constant in your house that can get people up out of your house. But don't rely on it. Well, if you got it, that means it must be. He, the Bible says, this is what they always say to me. This is what I would say to people. He that used the sword died by the sword. That ain't what that meant. It means if you trust in the sword, you die by the sword. Everybody had weapons. It's the craziest mindset that we have. Black people are the only people I know of talk like that. Just because you don't have a weapon on me, you're better off. You're not better off unless you're walking in the spirit 24-7. If you're like that, you don't need no weapon. You really don't. And you have better weapon than those that... Are, are 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 packing if you're really 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 trusting the most high i don't know nobody that's i know people that trust the most high but they have their moments what happens somebody breaking your house you don't have time to bind and loose they're in your house anyway pastor chris i was a no i away. agree you know i i don't i don't teach that you know i i teach that um you know because uh peter had a weapon and just like you said, he said, uh, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword, which means to me that if you live by the sword, if you're robbing people, you have the sword and you're robbing people and taking what is not yours, that's living by the sword, I think. 
That's what I think. And, you know, just like you said, if you read the Bible, the Hebrews wasn't fighting people in the Old Testament. And so how are they going to fight without weapons? Yes. And that's, I believe that's the truth. But, you yeah, know, I, you know, we teach. You Go go ahead on, bro. I, I was just going to say I agree with you on that. I agree with both of you on that weapons thing. I think uh, weapons is like money. It's good. It, it's I've had I've not had it and I've had it. And what I realize is it's better to have it than to not have it. Say for instance you you, you don't have it but you need it. Then you you find yourself in a situation like Seth says, somebody kick your door in or something. One of the things that was going on here, um uh pretty pretty randomly um, pretty frequently is we had people who were doing what they call home invasions. So they were running up on people's houses and kicking the doors in and either either, either killing the homeowner or hurting them really bad, you know. And um, – so I mean I, I I agree man I agree somebody come up in here, but they are gonna get them AR slugs up in them, you know, and it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be all, you know I told my wife said we gotta get a we gotta get a, a a shotgun or a rifle in the house because I don't want you to have to be concerned about uh, aiming. All I need you to do is point and shoot, baby. That's it. You know, so um, I'm actually getting ready to acquire a 12-gauge a um, just because I like the cover and I like the, the area that it covers once it fires. So, uh, like I said, she don't need to have to be – she'll be in here by herself. She don't need to be worried about aiming and uh, wondering if she, that she hit him or not, you know. Just point and shoot, baby. And then we'll call them people later and tell them to come get him. You know, so yeah. But this, this but I tell you what, um, shifting gears a little bit. I tell you what, with this with this gun thing, I, although I agree with 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 the necessity of it, I also agree or uh, uh, believe that. This gun thing is out of control. It's out of control, um, especially as it relates to these these young people uh, getting a hold of these weapons, and they're doing these these, these senseless killing. You know, um, so it, it's it's kind of it's kind of half a dozen of one and six of the other. You know. Um, but I think I do think it's absolutely necessary uh, for you to own a weapon. Um, I, I told my wife a, a long time ago. I'm gonna tell you something else too that's really funny. Seth, you said we're the only ones that talk like this, like it's like taboo for us to have it, you know. But when me and my wife go to the gun range, 
you know, we see we see these little white families. Do you know they had a little eight, nine-year-old kids in there firing them weapons? Wow. They, yeah. They had a white kids in there, these little kids, eight, nine years old, in there firing them weapons. I mean firing some weapons. I ain't talking about just pow, 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 pow. I'm talking about doom, doom, doom. And you're like, whoa, what in the world are they shooting over there? But they're, they are familiarizing their children with these weapons so that they don't, uh, they don't get run up on, you know, un, unprepared. You know, so anybody, it, it, it's, it's absolutely necessary, man. It's absolutely necessary. My wife, when we went to the range, this is funny. I probably shouldn't even share this on the air, but when we went to the range, man, my wife shot – Better than me. I had to. I said, man, I don't know if she should have a weapon or not. Something <laughs> like that. You know? That's crazy. She hit the target better than I did. I said, <laughs> I said, wow. You know, and the crazy part about it is it was her first time handling a weapon. And she lit that target up. So. I got a natural on my hands, y'all. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm grateful for that. She on my team. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And if you don't have a weapon and you've not been to the range, man, go to the range. Go to the range. It's a lot of. It's it's so exhilarating. And it's so. It seems like it's weird to say it's fun. But it's actually fun. Me and my wife love going to the range. And it's just, we haven't been in a little while, but when we go, it's like, ooh, man, let's go to the range. It's like we just all excited about going to the range, like we're going to an amusement park or something. So, um, but, yeah, go and shoot them weapons, man, so you can get familiar with them. Um, Anybody like Pastor Chris that's teaching you how to clean them and all that type of stuff, my son, I got sons that was in the military, so all my sons know how to teach you, teach us how to clean weapons and stuff. I got, I got one of my sons that's a, that's a gun head. I mean, so um, we we uh, we good over here. Don't you worry about this corner of Cincinnati over here. We holding down. We good. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and I'll be let me let me let me let me come in, you know, and interject. You know, I'm gonna say it and I'm I said it once but I'm gonna say it again. Not everybody should have weapons in their house because they don't they don't know who the enemy is. Your enemy is not your husband, your children, your grandmother, your mother in law. You know right. we right. should never we not should kidding. never pull a gun on somebody we know. Or somebody we don't know, you know, because, you know, I've had them for years, but I've never had to draw down on anybody for nothing. Yeah. But, you know, if if, if I do, I feel sorry for them. And just like you, my brother, uh, my wife could shoot a pistol better than I could because uh, I had a friend who was a range officer who trained her. You know, I had to pick it up and, and do it on my own, but she got to be a better shot than I was with a pistol. 
Now with a rifle, that's a different story. But with the pistol, she could she could shoot it better than I could. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, uh, Seth, you know the, the the night that I did that, you know, Reverend Franklin asked me to do that. That's the reason. Wow. I did it. Really? You know, I wish I would know who like, Reverend Franklin know. is. Hold on for a second, Pastor Chris. Just, just a quick interjection, yes, yes. if I may. Uh, thank you. Sure. Uh, uh, Reverend Franklin is a very, he's older than Pastor Chris. Reverend Franklin was our senior. His father's, Pastor Chris' father's 90. His friend was Reverend Franklin. He was up there too in age. Uh, and he had the most beautiful little wife. Oh, my goodness. They was a model-looking couple. If y'all can only see these people. So for him to say that, that was that's, that's a different kind of pastor. But I just think so-called black people, African-Americans, a.k.a. Israelites, back in the 40s and 50s, I just think we had a different mindset about weapons. I think we got weaker and more religious about it later. It's just common sense to me now. I'm ashamed that I even thought, I'm not ashamed because I was just trying to do what's right, but a lot of people are just passive. There's no way in the world you shouldn't have some in your family. Now, you you say, you'll say you'll go in there and get that knife out of the drawers. A lot of Christians that don't have weapons, uh, don't have guns, will say, I'll go in there and get a knife, somebody come. Well, that's the same principle. And they, then they always talk about, well, the kid can get a hold of it and, and shoot himself and da-da-da-da. There's preventive ways around it. Pastor Chris can get into that. But I'm just saying, we're in a war. And hopefully, I don't know where Pastor Chris is going, but it, uh, and let me just say, say to everybody, again, you tune into the Five Smooth Stone Network, uh, brothers and sisters, those of you tuning in from Blog Talk or wherever you're listening this is the Five Small Stone Network. Tonight we have an open forum with the one and only Pastor Alcee Chris. He is the host tonight. We have his co-host, Brother Purcell Pochet, all the way up in Cincinnati, and then myself, Brother Seth. I'll play uh, moder- I'll play moderator tonight, answering the phones, and and uh, uh, as well as co-host. But uh, Pastor Chris, to me, is just common sense. It's just. It's just you're, you're messing with your life. It's like not having insurance. you got to have something for people that, what if somebody lose their mind and come up in your house? They, they're not really meaning you no harm. You may say, I don't have no enemies. People are crazy. People are drugs. And so I got to thinking about that. Anyway, go ahead, Pastor Chris. Well, that, that that's a good point, you know, but, you know, like I say, we have to have the. If you have the right temperament, I don't think you should be without. And especially single mothers, especially single women. But uh, you know, we have to protect ourselves, one way or the other. You know, we have God, but God. You know, look at David. David shed a lot of blood, but he was what? The man after God's own heart. You know, so we have to. You know, we have to protect ourselves and the ones we love. And, um, you know, we just have to because there are people talking about these uh, neo-Nazis and stuff. They're going to, you know, what they what is their plan? Who's on the list? And if you don't have nothing but a slingshot, you're going to be in some trouble. Or, or a butter knife, you're going to be in trouble. That's all well, I'm saying, you know, for... Hmm? No, go ahead. No, you go ahead, bro. No, I, I I had 
go in the green room there for a second. But I just wanted to just say a very good topic, very good topic. And uh, and and y'all, some of y'all saying, what are you talking about? Here these so-called Christians or people, men of God talking about only weapons. My God, what is the church got into? We're not negating your spiritual weapons. We're not negating angelic protection. We're not negating the voice of the Holy Spirit that say, leave, go here, go there to protect you. This is cream de la cream, as per se, I would say. This is top, top, top weapons for the believer. This is 1,500 times more important than your knowledge of guns and firearms and how to clean them and pointing in the right direction and whether or not to buy or anything you've heard. That's that's Brother Seth talking. I'm sure these brothers would agree. The Holy Spirit can tell you to do this, and you obey that voice because a lot of times if you pull a gun and if that intruder has a weapon, y'all going to get into a shooting, right, a shooting match. Whereas a lot of times the intruder is coming there just to get something and leave. And it'd be best you didn't have it. And, you know, sometimes, I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes if an intruder is, he's not there to rape. He's there to just get something. You don't know what his intention is. Sometimes he's just crazy and he ain't there to do nothing to you. He's just crazy and wanted in your house. It's not always a time to just pick up a gun and kill somebody. What if he, some deranged person is insomnia sleeping, sleepwalking or something? What if he's a senior and he's lost and he's wanted in your house? So guns have its drawbacks. It's not the perfect weapon, but the Holy Spirit is. He can lead and guide us. I can tell you that from experience, brothers and sisters, sometimes when I was in danger, and I didn't even know I was in danger. I just knew to leave a certain place, and later on I found out something. It's millions of people that can say what I'm saying right now. Just looked up and found out something went down. Some things I'll never know in this life because I never even thought to check back why I had to leave or why I got the unction to leave. There's some people suicidal around you. They're 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 like one argument away from going to their car and just coming in, blowing up, and just 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 shooting up everything. These young people, not just young people, a lot of older people too. They are very, very deranged right now. I my heart was broken when I went to Atlanta, Chocolate City, all that wealth, Bankhead, Bucky, all that peach tree, all that wealth down there, and them black folk acting like they was crazy, crazy. So my point is, we're in a war. Pastor Chris came on talking about the killings, and I'm turning back over to you, Pastor Chris, just a quick little, little interjection as a co-host. You're right, there's a spirit of murder. What should we do about it, though? We have other weapons outside of firearms. Back to you, Pastor Chris. You know, like I said, we just have to work on the individual, work on their spiritual cleanliness and pass it on. You know, like, you know, um, you know, I've always had guns in, in, in Texas. And, you know, I taught my wife and my sons how to shoot. But it was, you know, the same way Brother Porsche, you know, none of them, 
you know, nobody has ever grew down on anybody out of necessity. And, you know, you know, like I said, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've had all those guns, but I've never had to pull them on anybody at all. So it's just, to me, it's just like having a, a, a jack in your car. You hope you'll never need it, but when you need it, you can't be sitting up there thinking, oh, man, I don't have a jack. How do I get this tie off? You shouldn't be thinking like that. You should have the, the tire jack in your trunk. Hopefully you'll never use it, but you may have to use it one day. And when you do have to use it, you have to think. Am I doing the right thing? Do I have the right thing to get this fixed? You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, we you have to be spiritually right first. Then, you know, you can work on it. You know, I have some relatives, you know, that I would I, I would advise them to never get a gun. But in my house, you know, we have all, you know, we've had them and we worked on them and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just for self-protection. We've never had to pull a gun on anybody or chase somebody down for any reason. But we had to think like that, you know, that this is a last resort. It's not the first one. It's the last resort for self-protection. Yes, yes. Very good topic, brother. Is there anything else? Was, uh, well, Percy, were you getting ready to say something? Because I got a question about Pastor Chris. I'm anxious to know what else you got to talk about. But Pastor uh, uh, Brother uh, Purcell, and, and again, Pastor Chris, you're you're hosting, so don't let me override. But I just okay. I wanted to ask you if there anything right. else. But I didn't want to overstep Purcell, who might have had something else to say on the matter. Yeah, I, I just um, I just I just believe. Like you said, this is a very good topic. Um, it was it was unexpected topic, but it's very, in my opinion, meaty. It's a very meaty topic, especially uh, um, for where we are today. It's a, it's very relevant, um, and it's necessary. I don't know too many churches. You know, churches carry. Um, Security now And I don't know Too many churches That don't have at least two In the fold That's that's packing I don't know I don't know a church that that don't have at least two That is, is Secretly carrying And Part of the reason That's for new that, though That's new that's what? N-E-W, new. No, that ain't new. It's not that They've been always carry guns to churches. That's why they have these church shootings. We got a lot of people. We got a, We have several incidences here where we've had people go up in churches and shoot and kill the pastor. No, I'm talking about when you say you know people carrying are you talking about like yeah. security guards in the service? No, I'm talking. Well, I'm talking about somebody who's deemed security in the church, but nobody actually really knows that he's carrying. Yeah, that's most what I mean. Church- I, I thought that was what you were saying. That's new. Yeah. Churches ain't always done it. Most- they did their killings. 
Most churches operate that way today. Most churches. Good. Good. I think it's good too. Um, and like I said before, it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. Of course, there's always horror stories surrounding, you know, gun violence. I've heard people say guns are evil. That's like saying money is the root of all evil. That's a lie from the pit. It ain't the guns that's evil. It's the wielders of the guns. It's those that are uh, uh, in control of whatever weapon that they're carrying. It's the mind of that individual. It's not the gun itself. You know, so um, that's an oxymoron right there. But People say it as often as they say, money is the root of all evil. You know, and it's sad. So, um, and then Pastor Chris made mention earlier about everybody shouldn't have a gun. You know, if you if you irresponsible, and you know you irresponsible, you shouldn't have a gun in your house. Why? Because yeah, you're right. Your one of your children will get a hold to it, and. Um, Ain't no telling what could happen. I can tell you a quick little story. I got one of my partners that I call my brother, right? We was in in the house one day by ourselves, and my mother always had guns too. And my mother had a 12-gauge pump shotgun, and we got to playing around with this gun, man. And um, I was pointing it at my boy and everything. You know, we playing around, laughing and giggling. And fortunately, during the laughing and giggling, I pointed the gun or lifted the shotgun toward the ceiling of the house. Because even when I was pointing at him, I was pulling on the trigger. We were thinking that it was nothing in the gun. This is a true story, man. I ain't making it up. I promise. We were, I was pulling, I had the gun. So I was pulling on the trigger, pulling on the trigger, and nothing was happening. So we was thinking, ain't nothing in the gun. Well, we got to laughing, and I lift the gun up toward the ceiling in a split second, and that gun said, boom, and shot up in the ceiling. Man, and we were young. I can't remember exactly what age we were, but. We were young, and it scared us. I mean, you can't imagine how how bad it scared us because all I could think about was the fact that I could have pulled that trigger at one point and that gun went off and I could have killed my friend. To this day, when I think about that, man, it, it makes it runs chills up and down my, my, my spine, you know, because that was a scary moment for us right there, very scary moment. So it, it's, it's very important that we have gun locks to put on our guns so that they can't go off, you know. Um, they shouldn't be loaded, but... I mean, that, that, that don't make sense because if somebody come in there, 
you don't necessarily have time to to load to load up. <laughs> you just have to have a you know, safe to where uh, if, if you find yourself in a situation, you're able to act quickly, like like we've been talking about for the safety of your family. So, of course, there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons around the subject because um, because it, it always it comes back to responsibility, just being responsible, you know, and um, not moving away from the original intent for you having the weapon in the first place. So, um, so yeah, this is very, it's very meaty topic, man. Very meaty topic. Well, and I want to say this as far as that gun thing is concerned, per, uh, 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 host, if I may, uh, 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 Chris here. Yes, sir. I, Go ahead. The solution is a safety. Kids don't know how to use them to do the safety. You put a safety on, you know, you just got to teach our wives, and and we got to just know if an intruder comes, it's just two steps. Remove the safety and fire, not just fire. Tell your wives, if you fire, you ain't got but a second to make this move, baby. You may not have but a second to do this. So you can't get it wrong. There's two steps. You move the safety till you see red, which means blood, which means somebody about to bleed. <laughs> and that's where I explain it. Red means somebody about to bleed. And then you aim. That's how you solve that, Purcell. You're not putting a lock. A lock to me is, I mean, you got to go find the lock. Sometimes you don't have the it's why you mean. It's what uh, Pastor Chris was saying. It's properly using. You got to be ready. My brother-in-law, Joel, shouldn't say his name, but he has his gun. He's a he's another one that's fear the Most High and really trying to walk in the kingdom of Yeshua or Jesus the Christ. He's serious about that, but he has this tool in his drawer. Now that he rely on it. Please hear the message tonight. Don't trust in these weapons. They're just as a tool, as a last resort, as Pastor Chris say. But Joel keeps his weapon on, ready to go. But that Absolutely. can be dangerous to a kid that come up in there, and this in a drawer, he has it there, but he don't have children in his home. I prefer to keep it on safety and teach everybody two steps. Pastor Chris, you're the, you're the, I'm, I, I don't know which one of y'all know the most about, but what do you say about that? Well, you know, first of all, you know, the first rule of safety is they tell you to treat treat your gun as it, like it is always loaded. So you don't, don't point it at people. You don't point it at something you don't want to destroy. You always act as if the gun was fully loaded. And if you get used to doing that, you won't you won't get into a bad situation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, like if you point, you don't point a gun at anybody if you don't know that, it, that it's, it's, it's completely empty. You don't point at it anyway, even if it was full. You don't point a gun at people or something you do not want to destroy. That's the first rule of gun safety. So if you, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you abide by that rule, you should be pretty safe. Because you're not going to be pointing it at somebody as if it's empty. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And I don't think that safety yeah. rule. We have a hand up, everybody, and that's. I think this is Brother John. He want to weigh in. Uh, Brother John, we're coming to you. If that's okay, uh, you let me know what you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right. And Pastor Chris, I'm anxious to know what other good topics because you, you couldn't. This is like because this is where a lot of people are at, and if all our people are strapped, I think we'd be a lot better off. Phone lines, going to the phone lines, area code 972-755. I think this is Brother John. Brother John, go ahead go ahead, go ahead, ahead and say hello to the people. People, hello. <laughs> hello, it's Brother John. Um, I wanted to get in on this conversation, um, and, and I didn't see how to make it fit with white supremacy and Hebrew Israelites. So y'all just have to take this at face, <laughs> at face value. Um, but I personally love this conversation because uh, it's just as Pastor Chris was saying, um, to me, this is an area where, in my opinion, people of color approach it, Not obviously not all of them, but many of us, we approach it incorrectly. I, I've I've only owned one gun in my life. It was a Ruger 9mm. I bought it brand spanking new at a gun show. And uh, I, goodness, I probably was like 28 years old at the time. And I only bought it for protection, not that I was uh, off into stuff I shouldn't have been in. I did it for the exact same reason that Pastor Chris was saying. It's just one of those things that is like a jack. It's one of those things that when you don't have it, and the situation presents itself, you wish you would have had it, um, and it's just a good thing to have. And at the time, um, me and my girlfriend, we lived together, and she had kids. And to me, where we were, it wasn't like it was a dangerous place or anything like that. We're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, south side. Everybody knows north side is a bit more dicey, South Tulsa was just pretty much just fine. But, you know, it just dawned on me one day what would happen if a situation presented itself. And it's like if somebody's heated and you're not, you know, you're just down one. So I decided I would go in and purchase it. So I, I purchased it. And, 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 again, this is not what I would recommend for everyone, but what I did is the first thing I did is got all the kids together. We all sat down, and I showed them the gun. Obviously, it was unloaded. And, and, and I was trained by my manager, who was a gun enthusiast. He actually took me out to the country. Him, it was him, his son, and me. And he, he went to the gun show with me and when I purchased it. And he's like, if you get it, you know, I'll, I'll show you, tell you everything you need to know about it. And so we went out there and was just doing target practice and stuff like that. And I was a crack shot myself from playing uh, Duck Hunt on Nintendo. Uh, I was a good shot, you know. But the thing is that, for me, I wanted the kids not to be so, so curious about it. Now, what I did, in my opinion, was not enough. I think that people, uh, Caucasian people, who take their kids to the gun range at that early age, that kills the the curiosity because you're right there, you're being trained by a professional, 
and the kid shoots the gun. And so when you take it and you put it up in the gun case or wherever it is that you keep it or you put a lock on it, the kid is no longer curious. Why? Because he can just ask, Dad, can we go to the gun range next week? <laughs> if you want to shoot it, you can. And I think that takes care of the curiosity. Um, but I've, I haven't had a gun since uh, that time. And to be honest, because I kind of move around a lot, I've never really had a desire to get one because I don't know how the laws impact uh, a person who's traveling uh, with a gun or, you know, how that works. But my last thing I want to say is this. The government that we live under is making a concerted effort to get guns out of the hands of Americans. And I said this many, many years ago. If you think about it, and we know prophecy, we know that there's come, going to be a one-world government. And I've always maintained that that one-world government cannot take place unless you unarm American people. We, the American people are armed to the teeth. They are armed. And if this government tried to impose anything that's to the disliking of American people, they right now have the ability to fight back. And they will. <laughs> they will. And so, and, and this is just an opinion. Many, not all, but many of these mass shootings are orchestrated shootings, in my opinion. And the reason why is that it only takes people to be terrified to, to put that legislation into place and begin to unarm citizens. And once you're unarmed, your government can do what the hell they want. They can pass any law they want, because if you don't like it, they're going to say, you cannot protest if you show up. If you show up, you'll be met with force, and you do not have the ability to have any force back. Like Pastor Chris said, all throughout history, people have always been armed, because that's the first level of being able to defend yourself, <laughs> having something to operate against the other person. So I'll leave my comments at that. Thanks, Pastor Chris, for bringing this up. Later. All right, sir. Thank you. Good point. Good point. Pastor Chris, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, when did you want to take the break? You can do it now. Okay, folks, well, we're going to take a little break, try, try to stay true to taking breaks, give everybody a breather, everybody a chance to go and wet their throats or whatever we do. Um, we do breaks, uh, but I always like to refresh my computer and several things. But listen, you've tuned into the Pastor Stone Network tonight. Pastor Chris is doing an open forum. His first topic on the table is gun control or gun ownership, and you've heard Purcell, Purchet, uh, uh, weigh in on that. You've heard uh, myself and you've heard John Clark. Very good, relevant, relevant. I told you we only deal with things that's relevant to you and yours. Um, so that's what's happening, brothers and sisters. Again, we thank you for your time tonight. We'll be right back. 
us to see what else is on Pastor Chris's mind. Hi, this is Ambassador Purcell Porsche, all the way in Cincinnati, Ohio. Remember, tune in on Thursday night, Thursday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central Standard, when we attempt to peel back the onion of these signs shall follow them that believe. I personally believe that there is a shift in the atmosphere. I believe, again, you've all heard me say that I believe that God is raising up a remnant of people who actually believe his word. And I want to get into that a little bit on Thursday night. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. These signs shall follow them that believe the power of life and death is in your in your tongue. All those things which be not as though they were. Let's let's give life to that. Let's give life to that. On Thursday night. December about that Priscilla. Go right ahead and finish, brother. Go ahead and finish with the day, brother. Sorry about that. December the 15th, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Tune in to the Five Smooth Stones Network as Salt Life Kingdom Ministries embark on uncharted territory. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, everyone. I want to thank you for your time tonight. On network, this is Brother Seth, and I just want to thank you for your time tonight. Um, Purcell uh, was sharing there about his show. Please, please go and support him. Uh, the brother is very, very serious about what he's doing on Thursday nights, trying to wake us up. And uh, please go and support Purcell Porsche, y'all. Um, 
uh, we'll have some co-hosts in the house as well, but he'll be the one uh, being the um, host, uh, hosting that show as Pastor Chris is doing tonight. So I want to go back to the phone lines and bring on Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, your line is open. Um, um, Brother Patel, your line is open as well. Go right ahead, brother, with your with your other topics. If you want to switch, it's up to you. Hey, Seth, if um, let brother, I, I'm just I'm just asking, can brother Purcell make that announcement again about what he was yeah. talking about during the break? Sure, absolutely. Uh, go right ahead, Purcell. Absolutely. I want to, I want to uh, dig into a little bit. Uh, the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. And I think, well, I don't think, I know, that we fell away from that and we made it a phenomenon based on the Smith Wigglesworths and, and such. Um, there were several other patriarchs that gone before us that it was commonplace uh, for signs to follow them. And somewhere we missed, we fell off. And it became a phenomenon when, in fact, it's a right. We have a right to operate uh, in that authority. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, The power of life and death is in your tongue. The Bible tells us as well. The Bible tells us also to call those things which be not as though they were. Um, We have a we have authority that we have not tapped into uh, as of late. But I believe, again, I believe that God is raising up a remnant who who actually are saying, why are we tapping into that? Why, are we, uh, why aren't we seeing signs, wonders, and miracles? Signs, wonders. And miracles. I believe it. I believe it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to call death or say something like, oh, death, where is thy sting? You know, um, I'm looking forward to blind eyes opening. I'm looking forward to the lame walking. I'm looking forward to what we understand to be miracles to be commonplace for the believer. So I want to talk about that a little bit on Thursday night. And uh, can I comment on that, uh, Pastor Chris, if, the, if, if, if that's okay? Sure, go ahead. I cannot tell you in words how much I agree with that, Brother Just Dan. I was raised Pentecostal. And everything in the Pentecostal churches is not legit. Some of it is emotionalism. Some of it is actually in a lot of, and I don't mean to make this, I don't know, race thing, because there's phony people in every, I'm just going, I'm not going to make it a race thing. I'm just going to say some of it was phony. Uh, I was raised in a interracial setting. I've always went to churches with white people until I joined Kojic. Uh, after I graduated from high school, but I was always in my younger years around whites, white ministers, and 
there was a lot of miracles. Those bona fide people that we knew was bona fide, hurt, sick, blind, deaf, ears open. I saw demons being cast out. I bet I'm just I'm just guessing. If I call my brother right now and ask him how many demons do you think we've seen cast out over the years, I wouldn't be surprised if he say, "Well, maybe two hundred." We've seen it. But what's more important is a book that was introduced to me by a gentleman by the name of F.F. Bosworth. F.F. Bosworth. They say it's the most referenced book by faith healers or people that believe in laying hands on the sick and raising the dead. Yes, raising the dead. They say it's more referenced than any book outside of the Bible. Bible is number one, F.F. Bosworth, Christ the Healer is number two. F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, I'm making this quick. This man attacked every tiny doctrine you've ever heard against healing. Well, it's Paul Thorne. Well, God may want to get glorified in your body. Well, you never know it's when it's your time. He just attacked. Attack, 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 attack with slews of scripture. And he has this one chapter called, And He Healed Them All, in the book, Christ the Healer, by F.F. Bosworth. And that book, Purcell, and Pastor Chris, and those listening, again, if you listen on the phone line, you want to get involved in this conversation, press 1 and we will bring you on. Press 1, we will bring you on. Uh, Brother John, your hand is up, so you may want to press 1 so your hand will go down, so I will do know when you have a question, since you're being treated like a caller, so press 1, your hand will go down, and we'll know when to bring you on. Okay. Uh, actually, I think I'm going to leave your line open, so you can just start talking, since you have the benefit of being a co-host, uh, even though you're a caller tonight. Y'all, make the long story short, I had stepped on a nail, and uh, that nail caused my foot to be swollen. You can literally visibly see the bottom of my foot was swollen. I was limping around. Brother Dan was my witness. And I prayed after I read the book, Christ the Healer, and this man was saying, Christ healed them all. You think people in that audience wasn't liars? He healed them all. You think any of them people that was in that big mass crowd was these, yet he healed them all? Do you think anybody in this crowd was this, was that, yet he healed them all? Do you think it was people that was wallowing in sin, yet he healed them all? Only people Christ didn't heal was people that didn't even, didn't even believe him. They didn't even give him a chance. They just didn't believe who he was and... They just didn't believe him. I don't believe you. I mean, they didn't really receive him. They weren't trying. One man said, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. He healed him. He said, help my unbelief. So he didn't believe. But he was crying out like, he healed them all. That did it. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just got to thinking, wait a minute. That means he wanted to heal me right now. I laid hands on that foot. And I took my rightful authority. Y'all, if I'm lying, may the Father do something to me right now. 
I'm not lying about this. This is the first heathen I received. All the other times it was everybody else praying. I laid hands on my foot and that foot went down. Then I started down. Well, did I ever have a swollen foot? Did, did was my foot swollen? Then I kept saying, I kept walking around like I don't feel nothing. I just got through limping. I I, I believe, but I don't know why I was so shocked. But I, I just prayed, laid hands, and he healed them all. And I went on to Holy Tabernacle. Pastor Chris, you're a pastor in the Fort Worth area. You ever heard of Holy Tabernacle? Yes, sir. You know Pastor uh, 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 Sample, right? Yeah, Bishop Sample. Yes, sir, I know him. Sample now. If you go ask him, did a young man by the name of Seth Turner, he know me, ask him. I went to his church. I was praying for people left and right. Then I got a reputation. People started calling me to pray. People started calling me to cast out demons. Brother, Reverend Douglas died, called me. Brother Seth, we got this young lady, and she has a demon. You mind coming by? People was calling me like crazy. Then I went to Rolling Tabernacle Church Christ, the same church the Tamla man used to always visit. And I said these words. I'm going to have a healing service tonight, and Christ is going to heal them all. It wasn't on me. It was on Christ. That's how I looked at it. You don't do that. <laughs> I had a healing line, and I said, he's going to heal everybody. I have never, ever seen no pastor do that, heard of that. I never heard no evangelist. Even when I was little, I never heard anybody do that. But I figured, hey, he wants to heal them all. So I say, folks, we're going to have a healing line tonight, and the Father's going to heal you all. And uh, uh, he's going to heal everybody. And then I had a line. <laughs> I mean, I look wow. back at this, I'm like, did I do that? Did I actually do that? And so, and I can't say I because I just said that. And then there's this line that formed. Ask Pastor Robert Sample. Ask Sister Helen Collins. You know Sister Helen Collins in real estate? No, sir. Pastor well, Sister Helen College's name is big in Fort Worth. It's like, uh, anyway, she was there. A lot of people that went to Holy Town back in the day, probably Tamla Man was there. Anyway, when I prayed, the first person I prayed, I would ask, I would do this after I prayed. I would say, how are you feeling? Because I wanted people to know Christ healed her. And the first person, I'll forget what they had, don't really matter. And if you had back trouble, See, what I was doing was what I saw people do. I saw ministers pray, and then they'll say, you have back trouble? Okay, bend over. How's your back? And I wasn't putting pressure on them to lie. I would say, how's your back? So whenever I pray for people, whatever it was, I got this from T.L. Osmond. Move that thing. <laughs> Move it. You know? And, yeah, and that's, that's what he would do. He would demonstrate it. So I I call myself being like him, but I got the message from F.F. F. Ballsworth and really from the Bible. I kid y'all not, there was about 13 people in that line. Every single one of them was able to say, I'm healed. Our brother Seth is gone. The headache is gone. The backache is gone. The stomachache is gone. Brother Seth is gone. I feel every single one of them, and the, except the last lady. Except the last lady. The last lady had a sore throat. And I prayed for her, and I said, ma'am, how is your throat? She said, well, it still hurts. It's still a little sore. I didn't I didn't bat an eye. 
I say, well, I have to do what Christ did. What did Christ do when somebody say, I'm not quite done yet? He's put his, his beast spit in some clay. I got to think there ain't no clay around here. I'm just simply, I'm, I'm ignorant enough to try to think all this going to work. So all I can think of was this water fountain. If you know in Holy Tabernacle, when you're facing the people, there's a water fountain to your left. It's still there today. So I said, ma'am, there's a water fountain over there. Why don't you go over there and take a, water, a sip of water? That was my way of saying doing something different to put on that throat. The man had, he couldn't see, and he said, well, I see men as trees. So Christ did something to the very thing he was praying for, his eyes. So I wanted to put something on her throat. So I couldn't reach in her throat. So I said, go over there and get some water. When she went and got some water, God is my witness. She didn't walk back. She danced back. And that was a wrap. I kept on preaching like, well, that's normal. And I lived my life like that for a while. Then something happened. Sin entered my life. Compromise entered my life. I got married. And there was a horrible uh, marriage. I got divorced. So the Bible said when you when you don't treat your wife right, your prayers are hindered. So it, that, that, that shut down me for many years. And then I got used to that mediocre life and... Anyway, that's where we're at today, mediocre. So, Priscilla, I'm with you. And I can say more about that, but it's Pastor Chris's show. Go ahead, Pastor Chris. I'd love to know what you have to say about that, but it's your topic. You know, I believe it, brother. You know, there's nothing I can say about that because I've seen it happen before. You know, it's, it's, it's a power that we, we try not to reach and try to manifest in our lives. But I have done some of the same things, you know, with certain things. So I believe it, bro. Nothing you said I would disagree with. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would would endeavor to say um, surrounding this topic, um, I would ask everybody on the line um, and everybody listening um, to be prayerful, to be prayerful concerning this topic because um, this is this is a bold move. This is a bold move. Anytime you uh, uh, enter into the supernatural. Um, you stir up some stuff. Uh, you stir up some stuff demonically um, also. Uh, so I, I, would, I would admonish or I would ask, I would ask, pray for me, pray for me, because I, I speak boldly. I speak boldly and I I, like Seth, um, used to walk like that, you know, especially when I first got saved. I couldn't wait for somebody to tell me they had a headache or something. But what I'm talking about on Thursday night, I think we got we to graduate from believing God for healing a headache. Um, 
we got to go. He's bigger. I, what I found out is he's bigger than that headache. I think we got to get beyond uh, believing God for that that house, believing God for that car. I think we have to move be, move beyond that foolishness. Um, I think we need to wage war on the spirit of cancer because cancer is out of control. We need to wage war on cancer. I had somebody tell me um, a little while back that um, they were diagnosed with cancer, and this is what I said to them. I said, cancer ain't no match for God. Before I could even think about it, that's how I responded to this person. Now, to, to some, that may have sounded real arrogant, real arrogant. But before I could even think about it, that's what my response was. Yeah, I've been diagnosed with cancer, man, and I, I, I said, so let me tell you something. Cancer ain't no match for God. Period. And then I went on to say, do you believe God can heal you? This is how bold that God made me. I would say stuff like, do you believe God can heal you? To this day, I say it now. I say, do you believe God can heal you? And all I need is a yes. Why? Because the Bible said it's impossible to please God without faith. But before you even come to him, you must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I said, do you believe God can heal you? They say, yeah, I believe God can heal me. I say, this is my next, this is what I say, and I'm done with it. I say, then be healed in Jesus' name. Period. I ain't snotting. I ain't hollering and screaming. I ain't pushing them down to the floor. I said, do you believe God can heal you? First of all, whatever you got going on ain't no match for God. Secondly, do you believe God can heal you? Thirdly, then be healed in Jesus' name. Then receive your healing is basically what I'm saying. Receive it. You believe it, then receive it now. I like to so, comment on Go go ahead, go ahead, Patel. So just 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 I just want to I'm just saying pray for me, man. Pray for me with the mind I got. You know, because this kind of stuff pisses people off. I mean, literally. When you say, when you speak boldly like that, this kind of stuff really pisses people off, especially around this time of year. People commit suicide more right now around this time of the year than any other time in the year. This Christmas. And um, uh, Thanksgiving, people commit suicide more so than any other time 
So be prayerful, man, about this. Um, and I just, I really just thought about that. You know, I thought about this. This, this really stirs some stuff up. It really. Um, go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. I just want the. I just want uh, brother, uh, Pastor Chris, because uh, you, you're going good. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just know Pastor Chris because I'm trying to be nice guy here. I get, you know. So, um, Pastor Chris, is it okay, Priscilla? You good with what he's saying? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, Priscilla, go ahead. I kind of want to comment after you whenever you're done, and then we'll go back to Pastor Chris and see what, he, what he's saying. Pastor Chris, just be a, it's okay to be aggressive and say, hey, can we move on or whatever. I mean, please know that because I don't know what else to say other than ask you that. Okay? All right. So, Priscilla, go ahead and finish. And I'd like to comment really briefly, and then we'll turn it over to Pastor Chris. If you want to continue on this vein, we can stay there. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'll just, uh, I just know that this is a, this is a touchy area. It's a touchy area. Um, when I think about, when I think about this stuff, first of all, I believe, I believe the word of God, period. And it said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, I believe. Well, personally, hold on. You know, whenever a hand goes up, we have to ask it. So a hand went up. This is Brother Kenwin, who's going to be a caller tonight, along with Brother John. Brother John, your hand is up. I don't think you mean for it to be. So you can press once your hand will go down, just in case you want to come on later. We definitely want to hear from you. And I do apologize for abruptly earlier in this green room. Uh, but I but I was trying to hear Pastor Chris was talking to me and I had to he didn't know I left to the green room so that's why I was saying can't talk right now. But anyway, uh, press one, brother Johnson, you're to go down. You may want to comment later. Uh, going to the phone lines, brother Ken, when your line is open, go ahead and uh, with your question or comment. You don't have to do an intro or nothing. Just go ahead with your question or comment. All right, I just have a little comment that I'm uh, late to the show. I'm just kind of joining in and uh, I kind of hoping that y'all stick around on the spiritual uh, because, I mean, that stuff is what he said, a touchy subject, and it's uh, also a subject that I'm very interested in, and I'm hoping that y'all don't quite move on just yet. I'm hoping, uh, Brother Purcell, I'm just, I'm saying it because I'm just now coming in, and I feel like I'm, you know, because I'm late, y'all put up you know, going to move around. and some, That's one of those subjects I'm very interested in. I just want to throw that in there. That's all. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do since you said that. I'll leave your line open. Uh, and, uh, and Brother John, he'll be the he, – he can he, – I think he didn't, couldn't be on as a call, so he's more like a caller. But, Brother John, your hand is still up. Press one hand to go down. But, anyway, uh, yes, we'll stay on there, Brother Kenwin. Okay? All right. I just wanted to comment, Priscilla, can I comment real quick? Because you're kind of going there as a while there. Can I just comment really quickly? Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Of you course, can finish your vein. Oh, wow. Pastor Chris, you can override me at any time as host, brother. If you're not being rude, I'm not going to play that thing, okay? You can override me and talk while I'm talking. You're not being rude. That's the protocol tonight. You're the boss. So let me just say this, uh, Brother Purcell. I think you're right on point. And I can hear some people saying, because I know how people think. Brother said, you said you had this service. This is what my wife says to me all the time. 
if that really happened, what happened now? People say, <laughs> if it's real, if it's real, pastors, why don't y'all go to the hospital? If you really have miracles, why don't every faith healer go up to the hospital? That's the first thing people say. Or uh, if it's real, why come all the faith healers died of an illness? That's a very good question. Those are very good questions. I want y'all to really listen to me. If fat people know how to lose weight, why don't they lose weight? <laughs> if you know that obeying God is the best for your life, why come you ain't running for God? If you know treating your husband a certain way will make him feel good, why don't you do it? When you answer that question, you answer the questions about the faith healers. This is a warfare. Satan ain't going to sit back and just watch you walk around, Seth, praying for people. Y'all, I kid you not, that happened. I said, everybody in this church that's sick, they get in this line, it's going to be healed, and they were healed. That happened in my life. You can say what you want to say about where I'm at now, because sin, whatever, fine. But you can't erase that history. Yeah. I was in a library one time, and I was studying demons, a book. The Bible says when the word of God is sown, the enemy will come to take it. So I don't know if this was the enemy or I don't know if it was the father giving me homework, but I was talking to this guy, and I looked back at this. I was just talking, arguing the Bible. I'm going to try to make this quick. I've told the story a thousand times on this network. And I was at this library, and this I was talking, I was arguing the Bible. Remember, that's important. I'm going to try to make this fast. I was arguing the Bible, and I was reading where the Father talked about these different gifts that would manifest. It wasn't F.F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer, like the first time when I laid hands on the sick. It wasn't that book. But I was reading Kenneth Hagin's book on evil spirits. I look back at this girl, very nice-looking black girl, and I tell people I saw a spirit, but then when they say, what did you see? I didn't see, like, a spirit, like, it just was annoying in me. I knew it. I knew her, I knew that spirit so well, it was just as real as that guy talking to. And I said, man, I just saw, I kind of jumped. And I told the guy, I just saw a spirit in her. Well, we was already arguing about it, so he wasn't going to believe me. He looked at me like, said, what? I said, no, that girl at the end. I seen a spirit in her. And he looked at me like, but he knew not to trivialize because we were both learning. I said, I'm very serious. I said, man, I can't talk to you no more, man. I don't want to argue the Bible no more because I don't know what that means. This, what, the Spirit took over my whole mind as far as what I saw. So something in me said, go talk to her. And I'm like, I got to. So I said, I, I got to talk to you later. So I went back there and I talked to her. And this is a nice-looking black girl. If you see her, you say, oh, she's cute. There's no reason for what's about to happen to happen, especially in a library. So I goes down there, and, I, and she's looking normal now. 
And I remember like yesterday, something else happened to me. I felt like something was saying, share the gospel. Share the gospel. Those evil spirits, you know, they'll be okay. Just share the gospel, which means tell her about Christ. I said, you know, tell, she actually I said hi. She said hello. I said my name is she said, my name is Stephanie, and I said you know why are you here? You know I was just talking. She said well I'm here trying to find out what I want to do with my life. God may God do something to my family if I'm lying to y'all tonight. That's how serious I am right now. So she said I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life, and I said oh well, yeah. I said and something says share the gospel. Just simply share the gospel. Tell about Christ, how he came, lived, died, for da, da, da. And I, I was saying, that's too simple. I saw a spirit. So I started doubting that thought that was saying, share the gospel. I couldn't do it. Because I said, no, this is some major. That's our spirit. So this is what I said to the girl. This is what I said. Y'all listen to me. I'm not lying. Lying is not my weakness. I said, Stephanie. I'm going to tell you the real reason I came down. And she says, what? Little bright-eyed, light-skinned black girl. Looked to you about 23. She said, I said, I saw an evil spirit in you. When I said those words, it was as if somebody's invisible hand went on her face and started moving her face around. Because you cannot do that as a human being. You can't do what I saw. You can't do to your face what happened to that girl's face. You can't make you, what you frown, you know, you know how we play around with our face and move our nose. I bet you can't do what was happening to her face. And then what happened to me was just, it's shocking. Something came over me. And I got bold as a lion. I said, you foul spirit. Who do you think you are? I said some kind of corny because I was learning about El Shaddai, the name El Shaddai. It was just overwhelming. I was learning about El Shaddai. I said, who do you think you are? I'm El Shaddai Jr. You got to leave her. Now, listen. Listen. The girl went back to who she was, and this is what she said. I gotta go. I gotta go, sir. I say, Stephanie, don't go. Don't go. You know, now I flip back to being normal. I say, don't go. You know, I can help you. She said, I know, I know, but I gotta go, sir. I really gotta go. I say, Stephanie, I can help you. I promise I can help you. And then while we was talking like this, it happened to her again. That thing came back. And then it happened to me. I got bold. I said, you lying spirit, you will not take over her body. I said, I started trying to just talk to it. I wasn't trying to cast it out. I was just letting it know who I was. And then she came back for a second time. I got to go say, Stephanie, if you leave out this library, you, don't, you may not ever get no help. And she listened to me. I said, listen, just go to me to the back of the library. Go with me to the back of the library. You know why? Because in the back of the library, I'm going to do what I've seen other people do. I'm going to get loud. I want to go out. Because we was in the library. She was sitting around us. 
All this was happening with people sitting about no more than 10 feet. So I wanted to get in the back of the with nobody was there. Then I was going to do what I saw Shambach and all the mother people do. I wouldn't listen to the spirit. I would just move. But that thing did come over me, that anointing. So watch what happened. We go back to the back. She finally follows me. She says, okay, okay, I guess so. Just to leave me alone, sir. Uh, I said, oh, she said, okay, okay. So I said, I follow her. I mean, I mean, she followed me. And I got her to the back of the library. I'll never forget this. Y'all can say what the heck you want to say. You cannot change history. This happened. Explain it, Egyptologists. Explain it. Those that want to say the Bible ain't really or New Testament, okay, fine, but explain what this what this was. So she put her hands in mine. I look around with nobody around. I said, okay, here we go. So she put her hand, her right, okay, her right hand in my left hand. She put her left hand in my right hand. I'm looking at her eyeball to eyeball, and I, again, I'm not following the spirit at this point because some said tell her the gospel. I want to. I saw something more serious. That's because I'm wrapping up. So I said to her, Stephanie, I'm going to pray for you, okay? You're going to be all right. And so I looked at her, and uh, when I was talking to her, I'm trying to think that that spirit come. No, no, no. I started talking to Stephanie, so I'm praying with Stephanie. And she said, okay, sir, okay, okay. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. And I looked at her. I didn't close my eyes. I looked at her. I said, you foul spirit, I come against you in the name of Jesus, and I command you. To... And when I was saying this to this girl, it came back. And it looked at me. Her face, okay, bruh, take your hand and move your jaws up to your eye. Okay. Take your nose. You cannot do with your face what this girl was doing if she wasn't using her hands. So I knew what I was looking at. And this spirit and I was engaged. I'm looking at it, but I don't feel that anointing I felt at the table. I'm talking to it. I'm saying, you foul spirit. And it's looking at me. And, I'm like, and then it dawned on me, Seth, you are looking into the eyes of an evil spirit, fool. And fear gripped me like I have never felt on this planet. And I stopped praying. I couldn't, I, I almost wanted to run through a wall to get away from her. I was so scared. So I just let her hands go real soft. And the thing was still looking at me when I let her hand. And I say, I say, she, so I say, Stephanie, I want your phone number. And she was just kind of looking at me. It was that thing. It was that thing. It was that thing. And she got that pen, that ink pen, and she wrote the word S as in Sierra, S, like my name, Seth. She wrote S. I didn't know her name was Stephanie at the time. I forgot. I think I forgot her name. I just, and she went to write her name. I said, I need your name and number. I'm, I basically, I'm saying, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Just give me your name and number. But that thing was using her. And she wrote S. And then she looked at me. Oh my God. Y'all don't y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm thinking this thing is fixing the right Satan. I don't even know if I'll ever fear like that again in my life. 
I'm thinking she's fixing right Satan. <laughs> but she just had to pause before she wrote her name. Then she wrote T-E-P-H Stephanie. Then she wrote her number. I got that number and I left that girl. I didn't say nothing to her. I just took off. I don't know if I, I don't think I ran, but I met her later on and I never cast that spirit out. I just want to share that story with y'all that the Bible says what I was supposed to do was tell her the gospel and she would have accepted Christ. And then what would have happened is, uh, I think Brother John has his hand up. Something just happened, Brother John. Okay, we'll go to Brother John. But I just tell people. Evil spirits is written. So I said, well, you didn't cast it out. No, I didn't because I wasn't obedient. Had I just told her the gospel and she accepted Christ, the evil spirits would have been evicted by the Holy Spirit. You didn't need to do all that, Seth. But when I took her back to the library, I was, I was in my own strength. So uh, let me just go to Brother John real quick, y'all, because I'm working the boards here. We know that takes present over everything. Uh, Pastor Chris, you okay with me going to the board and uh, I mean, uh, open up this phone line? No problem. Okay, then I would love to know what y'all have to say, what I just said, but I just don't know how. Now we do the calls. Uh, Brother John, is that your hand up, or did I misunderstand you? Your number jumped or something. Maybe you called back or something, but did you have a question or comment? I did, and actually <clears throat> I have been hitting one for probably the last 30 to 45 minutes, but the system wasn't picking it up, so I had to hang up, call back, and then hit one. So that's probably why it did what it did. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Now, hold on a second. On Thursday. You said, did you mean to say the last 30, 45 minutes? Because I just talked to you 10 minutes ago. No, you didn't talk to me 10 minutes ago. When, I, when the green <laughs> one, I just said, Brother John, I got to go back. That was like 15 minutes ago, right before I talked. Oh, but go ahead. Go right, ahead. But but, I, but I right, definitely want to yeah, hear from you. When I hit one, yeah, when I hit one, it wouldn't put me in the host queue. That's happened to me oh. before. That's, uh, he probably, he, he, I'm sure he's spot on, because that's happened to me before. Okay, when well, y'all just know it ain't me, but go ahead, brother. Just know it ain't me. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, Seth, we believe, this is a, what I'm about to say right here is a, just a quick side note. There's no reason for you to say you put this on anything. We believe you, okay? <laughs> Not uh, everybody. Just, Let's get this straight, Brother John. Not everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, for those people who don't, then they just don't. But anyway, come Thursday, I'm going to play the devil's advocate with both you and Purcell because, in my opinion, of all the miracles that take place, there's an equal amount of lies. There's an equal amount of fraud that takes place. Absolutely. Um, I've absolutely seen miracles take place but I will <laughs> I would not kid you I've seen fraud that takes place and the one thing that I like about the story that you just told is that it's indicative of what the Messiah says about his miracles he says this isn't me there's nothing <laughs> that I'm doing that the father has not already done there's nothing that I say that the father hasn't said. When he was asked, hey, it's a, just show us the father and it would suffice us. And he's like, have I been with you this long and you don't get it yet? When you see me, you see the father. 
And so he's making it very, very straightforward that, and we know he would get up before the sun rose and he would be out praying in the wilderness. What do we think was happening? There were plenty of people that he could have stopped and, and, and said, hey, you, or you, or you, you know, and healed them. But when we see what he did, he had normally a particular John, John, he knew who John, he was looking John, for. Yeah. Okay, yes. It's a professional yes. interruption here. Uh, folks, those of you that listen to the phone lines, uh, I mean, those of you listen to the show online, click on the link. Call the phone number. You got 60 seconds, the lady just said, to call the show, as you will not be able to listen to the rest of this show. We're going to have to roll over a little bit, uh, but we're not not long. We're going to be ending this show. So you got to call the phone number, 914-205-5590. You have to call the phone number in order to keep listening, okay? Those of you on the phone lines, do not hang up because you won't be able to get back again. If you listen to the show online, you click the link and not you didn't call the number. You got to call the number to, to finish listening, or you got to wait till the show is over and then fast forward to this part part of the show. Okay, go right ahead, but John. Well, I, I'm going to end with with what I've just stated. Um, there's nothing that Christ did that the Father did not show him, or that he knew of. I think there's a couple of instances, like for instance, when Elijah had the woman who's, who he told she would have a child, and the child dies, and the woman comes uh, with her servant to Elijah, and Gehazi pushes her away when she falls at his feet, and he realizes, he's like, you know, this woman is vexed, you know, because of her son has passed, but the father, he didn't show me. He didn't show me this. You know what I mean? The the, the woman who held, uh, who um, grabbed the hem of his uh, garment, who had the issue of blood for, for 12 years or whatever the case may be, and uh, she was healed, but he didn't know who touched me. And so I think there are different instances like that, but by and large, he knew who he was going to. Uh, and so, you know, it'll be a good show because, again, um, I, I, I've seen situations where people say that this is what they're – and keep in mind, I'm saying this because I, I went to Oral Roberts University, and so I was headlong, head deep in this charismatic movement where signs and wonderings one that's following, but I saw a lot of BS. I'm straight up with it. So we'll, we'll, You're mm-hmm. wrapping up. So let me just say this. You just say, you just want to say this one. Let me just say this, Brother John. Uh, you're right. I think I first said that first. I saw both. But Pastor Chris came on to talk about weapons. And our weapons always work. You pull the trigger, it don't never be phony. It works. So I think what we should do, and you're absolutely right, there is phony, but I think we should focus on the times that do work and why we should rely on that weapon over the AK, the AR. And, and what weapon do we got that will work every time? 
the phone is the face you're right. Unfortunately, John, like I said earlier, first er, earlier, he's right. They're phonies. There's there's fakes. So wherever there's a fake, there's real. And I like to just hone in on the real so we'll know what do we do. Because truth be told, Brother John, I think a lot of us just don't believe no more. We we you know, I believe. But I know for me and you were wrapping up something, not like cutting you off and then everybody so y'all thinking that he said last thing I'm gonna say, but I'm just saying <laughs> if we can focus on I'm just so I just don't want to offend people, man. People are just so fickle and offended, so I got to be like this. I know Brother John is not. If we can focus on what's real, the times they do get healed, what was that? How did that happen? How did I go into a church and say everybody was get healed and they got healed? Was that a fluke? Was the people lying? I wasn't doing them to twist their arm. Did they, was they too pressured to say they was in pain? They wasn't because the mic was on them. The one last lady, she said, I still got a sore throat. So she didn't lie. What about when my foot went down? What happened? So I think you're right, John. John said it. For those of you that ran across fakeness, then John just said that for you. So some of y'all saying, no, I don't believe that stuff because I don't seem fake. Okay, you're right. I said it. John said it. We are saying it. It's phony, some of it. But what about the real? What about what happened with that girl? That's only one. I have other stories. A similar situation that when I tell them, you, if you're not careful, you'll get scared. Just listen to me talk. But it was true. So Purcell Porsche is right. I can't wait to hear what he has to say Thursday uh, because we have weapons just like that they are. I'm done. Pastor Chris. Yes, sir. Hey, I think we've had a good, I think we've had a good discussion tonight. It's it's a little bit after ten, but I can't wait to hear my brother, my brother, next. I mean Thursday, because he's going to speak about something spiritual, and I think we can all benefit from that. Yes, 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 yes. Well. Uh, I think we should wrap up. I think it's a very good show, and and uh, I'm sorry, y'all, I wasn't able to tell y'all I cast out that devil, but there were other times I did uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But the the the, the, the truth, the, the the moral of the story is follow the Spirit. When we accept Christ, evil spirits have to go because Christ fills our spirit, and He drives out of our bodies iniquities. And that Holy Spirit would have drove drove out that spirit, and I wouldn't have to say nothing. Wouldn't have to say it. Wouldn't even have to address that girl looking like that. I would have just said, "Accept Christ." And once she accepted Christ, if she would have accepted Christ, those spirits have to go. That's the end of that. You don't have to do all that drama stuff, all that face looking out. It's scary, but the gospel is more powerful. But let's go around, Robin. Get final, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Chris. I'm going to let you go last. We're wrapping up the show. Uh, let's get final from Brother John is really a caller, but he's a co-host. So let's just go ahead and get final from Brother John. Uh, Brother Kenwin, who really said he wanted to hear more of the topic, and then uh, we'll let Purcell and then after that Pastor Chris. So, Brother John, go ahead and give you a final. Uh, always a pleasure to be on this show. It's funny that every time I think that I'm not going to say much, I end up saying much just because I'm passionate <laughs> about the different things that we talk about, 
and I hear something, and I'll be like, let me hit this one and get this in. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that's how it starts. <clears throat> Pastor Chris, um, I have nothing but respect for you uh, and the information that you've always put on the table. I'm absolutely looking forward to next, uh, or this coming Thursday, I should say. Um, <clears throat> and again, I don't want people to think that I don't believe that miracles and authority and things of that nature, like it's untrue. I just know that's the way that it should be done, and there's plenty of people who are making money by doing it the incorrect way because they're only after money. And that's – so, Seth, just mute me all next – all this coming Thursday, just mute me because if you open up my line, <laughs> I will absolutely go in. Um, uh, <laughs> you got no, to no, be easy. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, Brother John. No, listen. You're right. I said what you said before I said anything. I said I was. We're wrapping this up, everybody. But you're right. I'm not. Oh, no, 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 no. That's why people don't believe no more, because of you being right. There's a lot of phony, fakes people. uh, Oh, oh, don't go to Africa. They just take it to another level. I see it. I've seen the videos. Right. But people get caught up into the phony and the fakes and being hurt by sending money and all that, and they forget Right. there's some real going on. There, there's some, that's real. Again, there's some things that will make the hairs on your head stand up. Purcell is right. You can't raise the dead. We have that power right now running through us to raise the dead. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I believe it. Well, you don't walk well, in I, whatever, whatever. I believe it because Christ if is I may real. Say this last thing, Seth, Go ahead. Based on that power, yes, we do have it in us, but it, it was incrementally given to us. The Messiah, it was given without measure. And so there are people who can increase that power by doing things such as fasting, Staying in this presence as far as praying, yes. as far as singing, singing spiritual hymns. There's things, there's ways to increase that power. But for the people who just live a regular life and think that they can tap into the same power that the Messiah had tapped into, doing 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, not just 40 days, 40 days and 40 nights, he makes a distinction. And then being in the presence of the Father regularly with prayer and regular fasting and going out and spending time in the early morning when the sun was still down, he made a great sacrifice, and he was able to walk in a great amount of power that was given to him by the Father. He said it plainly, I do nothing of myself. And that's the only thing that I really wanted to bring out. Let, let me say this to you, Brother John. We're trying to wrap up everybody, but this is good juice. We're going to, I just real quick, I want to say something, Brother John, on that. But y'all hear what Brother John just said, fasting four days before night. Remember when Christ gave his disciples power? He said, I'm going to send y'all out, go and cast out devils, heal the sick. And they came back, and they were yeah. all hyped. They said, we couldn't believe it. Demons were literally obeying us because we use your name. We don't know what that means. What that means is, they was using Christ's name, not their name. I I command you, Spirit, to come out in Christ's name. 
We're commanding you to come out on his good merits, not my good merits. I'm commanding you to leave because of the authority that I represent. He gave me the authority. And I'm telling you, he mm-hmm. said, tell you to come out. They had to come out on Christ's name, not your Agreed. good merits or bad merits. And so they had faith in his name. Then they came I'll back. This, was, this, this is what Brother John was saying, what Brother John just said. Now something happened. They say, but we ran into certain demons that didn't come out. Christ said, oh, yeah, those kind only come out by fasting and praying. Now you're talking about what Brother John just said. So Brother John is right. That's first-class power there. But I've got a question for y'all. What about those other little demons that came out? And we'll answer that question on next th- on Thursday. Uh, Can I give a mystery before we go? We- <laughs> I want to. I, I do. I want to throw out a mystery. I want to throw out a mystery. When, when, when Elijah sent the servant, he had him run ahead, and he told that servant, "If someone salutes you, do not salute them back. If they say, 'What's up? What's up, Gehazi? Do not say anything. Why? 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 And there's a reason why, and that's the mystery. I would like us all to think about that." Why did he say, don't say anything to anyone, don't say what's up, don't salute them, just go straight with my staff and lay it on this child? That's the mystery for next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Seth, I'm sorry. Okay, all right, that was his final uh, pers- uh, who I forget who go next. I think uh, Brother uh, Kenwin Castleberry, why don't you go ahead and go next and then Purcell and then the host. Uh yeah, I'm I'm late. I'm late, y'all. But uh I I gotta just the way my little two cents in real quick is that uh I'm still learning. And this is that area that uh I find fascinating. But based on where I'm at, okay, uh I know I'm talking to my elders, but I'm just saying from based from where I'm at uh, I understand that the power of Christ, no matter who's willing it, Gentiles, whoever, if they truly believe in Christ, they can cast out those little demons. But that fasting and prayer right there, that is making your body into an antenna straight to the Father. And with that, there's not any demon that can resist that. Uh, and that antenna, that antenna Amen. Is that Amen. You you reset it. You reset it. Your temple. That that uh, pork you may have in your belly has been dissolved. You have you're resetting your temple by fasting. Uh, so that that also marinates those that can bring back the dead. So you you're there's a reason why he gave us these commandments and these laws. All right. So if you think you can conquer the world without God's words, okay. I'm on another understand. I'm learning, but I believe that you need your body to be an antenna to the most high, and that means following his orders. So I, I and the folks that we get in the Bible that we can uh, go through, these are people, well, following these laws I'm talking about. Uh, but we have, we do know we do know Paul's ministry had brothers casting out demons too as well. We do know that, so I'm, I like I'm here. I'm here to learn, but okay. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to Thursday because this is a subject that I'm very interested in, 
And uh, thank y'all, man. Uh, shalom, shalom. Thank shalom, you, shalom, my Thank you, brother. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for your honesty. And Purcell, please. Man, that was that was awesome what he just said, man. Yes. I've never. I don't think I ever heard it put like that. The fasting makes your body an antenna to the to, to the father. I mean, that's, <laughs> bro, that was powerful right there. It was. That was. <laughs> bro, that was that was powerful, bro. So, yeah. Um, Pastor Chris, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that topic just hijacked the show, and I don't. Uh, that that would definitely wasn't my intention at all. Um, um, and again, and like Brother John said, the utmost respect for you, man. I, I appreciate. Um, you mean hijacking in a good I, way, so nobody won't misunderstand you, right? What's that? Yes, sir. What you say, uh, sir? No, I was just saying, I said, when, yes, you, when you say hijack, you're talking about it in a good way, so nobody won't misunderstand you. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I meant, I didn't mean in a bad way or a good way. I just meant, um, in, I mean, with the mind I got. I always say with the mind I got, because I think, I think a little differently sometimes. But um, I don't know if that's where we were trending to, or if that's just, or if that topic just uh, overwhelmed everybody and it became the subject um, of the end of the show. But um, so again, that was that wasn't my intention at all. Um, it was but, good. Uh, it, was, it was very good. It was very good. Um, and I'm excited about Thursday myself, shoot, now. Um, but, yeah, that was that was, that was was awesome what you said, uh, Brother Kenwin. But, again, it's your boy, Ambassador Purcell and Dale Porsche, uh, Salt Life Kingdom Ministry um, here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, again, um, call the show, man. Smooth, the five smooth stones, man. Call the show. Call, follow us, comment, uh, weigh in, uh, tell somebody, tell everybody, tell anybody. Just get on, man. Just just plug in with us. Um, I believe that the Lord is shifting the atmosphere through the five smooth stones. Um, and Salt Life Kingdom Ministries just uh, grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful to be a part of all these powerful men of God that we are surrounded with. Um, I say shalom to all of you, uh, protocol to all of you, uh, honor where honor is due to all of you. Um, and uh, from from Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, uh, we love you, and there's not a thing you can do about it, Seth. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your uh, your uh, your vision. I appreciate the vision, and I appreciate uh, your uh, your hearing the Father and moving forward <clears throat> and letting me be a part. I really appreciate it. Um, again, there's nothing. I love you all, uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I say shalom, shalom. 
Amen, amen. We received that. And Pastor Chris? Yes, sir. Um, I'm just going to say we're going to thank Yahweh for a wonderful show. I do not feel that it was hijacked. I felt that uh, the spirit moved and the brother started the conversation and we just went with it. And that's what we're here for. Uh, thank that's you for the up. compliment. I'm a, a Pastor Mike to uh, Brother Seth. I want to thank all of you. We had a good time tonight, and I hope that you enlighten some people. That's that's my hope and wish. May God bless you. May Yah bless you. May Yeshua continue to serve all of us and make us what he wants us to be. Amen. 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 Brother Seth. But Seth, but Seth, but Seth, but Seth, I gotta get this out. I gotta get this out. I gotta get this out. Just let me finish. Don't cut me off. Oh, he like a bad refrigerator. Go ahead, <laughs> brother Seth. Can you can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, this we can't let the show go off without somebody saying, "Let me get this out. Let me get this out. Let me get this out." Just don't, don't cut me. Don't cut me. Don't cut me. You need to get this out. Let me just get this out. I, I, I don't want us to do. We we were a hundred. 55 shows running with the saying that. We don't want to miss one show. <laughs> so, That's right. I, I'm sorry. Man, you're crazy. I, y'all, everybody know I, I, I play too much. But listen, Brother Seth, considering the topic that Brother Purcell will be discussing, and you've heard me say this before, just from a standpoint of marketing, I would request <laughs> that the show title say something like, Demons, angels, uh, spiritual something, this, this, that, the other, because people truly, they are preoccupied with the notion of that type of thing, and I know it will draw people. Something to that effect, you know, the the end times, demons, angels, you know, casting out, whatever, I don't care, something. I would say make it a provocative title, that's all. Only reason why I'm rushing is my phone about to cut off, and y'all will not be able to hear me. It's gonna be real weird. Y'all just hear the music, and it's gonna seem like. <laughs> Hello. All right, okay. go ahead, bro. Go, y'all heard that beep beep? That's my phone, and this is the the hotline. But but brother John, message well yeah. taken. Definitely, okay, we'll try you. our best to do that. Okay, very good idea. You are a marketing guru, and I appreciate you and your sense of humor, brother. Just know that. Y'all, my phone about to die, and this is the live. This is a home line that I'm talking on, and if it dies, the show is going to die. So i got to hurry up and play this song. But, Brother John, thank you. Everybody, thank you. Very good show, very good topics. I told you we're just going to keep on rolling with these, with the uh, reaching our people for the most high. All right? You're tuned to the Five Sons Network. I'm Brother Seth. You heard everybody else. I won't mention their names. Love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it.
they're passing up because we we were dying. Oh, I need I need. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.